Hello and welcome. This is 21. Episode 15.3 The Fate of the Gods. As we mentioned last week, this episode is going to be a little shorter than the typical episodes. This is because if I combined this week and last week's episodes, which are both a little short, it still would have been close to about 40 minutes runtime, and that's a little long for how long I want each episode to be. But we will be back on schedule for the next wonder next week. But last week, we took a little side detour off our 15th wonder of the ancient world, the Great Ziggurat of Ur, and compared it to the Tower of Babel. We looked at what the Tower of Babel might have been, and how it might have been a precursor to the more famous and wonder of the ancient world, Great Ziggurat of Ur. The Great Ziggurat of Ur is one of the oldest standing structures in southern Mesopotamia. Built in the major metropolitan city of Ur almost 4,000 years ago, the Great Ziggurat of Ur was the heart of what once was one of the largest cities on the planet. Despite this, there is not much known about the history of the Great Ziggurat of Ur. It was built right around the time that writing was invented, just after, so there are no inscriptions, carvings, or documents that have survived for us to read today, at least none that we know of. What doesn't help the Great Ziggurat of Ur either is where it is located. Southern, modern-day Iraq has not exactly been a peaceful region throughout the years. It's honestly remarkable that any of the Great Ziggurat of Ur is still standing. That being said, the entire history is not a mystery. Ur was the prominent city in southern Mesopotamia around 2000 BC, when the ziggurat was built. It was finished by King Shulgi, one of the last great kings of Ur. Under King Shulgi, Ur would become the capital of a great empire in southern Mesopotamia. King Shulgi's empire would become so influential and prominent in Mesopotamia that he needed some help to keep the cohesion of his empire. And in typical ancient ruler's narcissistic way, and in a move that would resonate throughout ancient history, he did what the pharaohs of Egypt had done, and something that the great emperors of Rome would do. He declared himself a god. Thus, worship of him was mandated throughout the empire. Now whether or not this move was successful, there's no way to know for sure. But we do know that not long after King Shulgi died, his empire began to fall apart. The city of Ur began to lose its influence, and his sons began to fight amongst themselves for the throne. As a result, the empire collapsed and the city of Ur was ransacked by the invading Elamites, a native people from neighboring southern Iran. The archaeological evidence found at Ur shows that the destruction of the city by the Elamites was thorough. The entire city was destroyed, every building, including the ziggurat. Ur was not completely abandoned, though, as some people remained, but the prominence of the city would never return to its former glory. Ur would remain an important trade city, 
and after some neglect it would eventually receive attention from rulers of other Mesopotamian empires. But it would never be the same. King Warad Sin, who we mentioned last week, was one of these rulers. He actually funded and constructed an elaborate gate tower for the Great Ziggurat. This tower was the new entrance to the Ziggurat, one that was more fancy and honoring to the ancestors and the gods. Its facade had elaborate half-columns, and on the porch were columns that were designed to look like palm trees. Despite all this attention from other rulers, Ur would never regain a position of importance in Mesopotamia. Hammurabi, the great king of the Babylonian Empire, seized what was left of Ur for his empire, but he nor his successors paid much attention to it. For the following 300 or so years, Ur would be almost lost to the known world. But it would make a comeback. Ur was rebuilt around 1400 BC by the Kassite king Kurigalzu, but Ur would not bounce back to its heyday. It seemed that the days of Ur and its great ziggurat were fading into history. But this was not meant to be. We know that the great ziggurat of Ur was restored during the Neo-Babylonian Empire of the 6th century BC. King Nabonidus, the last king of the Neo-Babylonian Empire, set out to finish the restoration products that his father and predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, was unable to finish. One of these was the restoration of Ur and the ziggurat located there. However, the restoration would not look anything like the original ziggurat. When King Nabonidus found the remains of the great ziggurat, all that remained to him was the lowest stage. So King Nabonidus built what he thought to be a great ziggurat. And while it was a great ziggurat, it was not like the original. His ziggurat had seven levels, unlike the original, which only had three. From this new elaborate gateway, staircases were built that ran up the sides and the front of the ziggurat, with each one leading to a smaller level than the one below it. On top of this new ziggurat, King Nabonidus constructed a new shrine to the god Nana. He made the shrine out of blue glazed bricks and capped it with a golden dome. Now something interesting about the ziggurat that King Nabonidus constructed is that there is the possibility that each level was painted a different color. We know that the top was bright blue, similar to the Ishtar Gate, and the bottom level was black. While there are no remains of the middle levels that we have found yet, the presence of these two colors is interesting. One thing that always surprises me about the ancient world is how colorful it must have been. All that's left to us today is the neutrals, the grays, the tans, the browns, of the stone, the dirt, or the clay. But once upon a time, all this was colored. What an amazing sight that must have been. This is something that I am always reminded of every time I study any aspect of an ancient culture or civilization. While all that's left to us today seems like a bunch of bland, confusing lumps, everything once had purpose, color, and life. We think of the ancient world as a cultureless, 
technologyless, and colorless time, when in fact, just the opposite is true. I wish there were cameras and photographs that existed of the ancient world, and that these photographs were still available to us today, to see what each of the wonders on this list would have looked like in their prime, that would truly be jaw-dropping. Alright, segue over. Back to it. Despite this brief revival, Ur's life would not last. Less than 200 years later, Ur was once again barely a city and mostly abandoned. The Neo-Assyrian and Neo-Babylonian empires had been conquered by the Persians from the east, and cities like Susa, Persepolis, and Antioch were now the centers of the world. Also by this point in time, the Euphrates River had changed course dramatically, and the city of Ur was no longer on the river, thus making Ur a vital trade city, nothing but a memory. Eventually, only the ziggurat was left standing above the desert sands. After the Persians conquered the known world, Ur and the great ziggurat fell out of history. Cities like Rome, Alexandria, and Constantinople began to dominate the known world. The quote-unquote known world moved further and further west, and the desert sands of Mesopotamia fell out of mind and memory. Even when the Arab caliphates rose up and became powerful empires that controlled much of Mesopotamia, the old cities were not touched. New cities like Mecca, Damascus, and Medina became the focus of the Arab world. Cities like Nineveh, Babylon, and Ur were left to the sands. And it remained that way for almost a thousand years. Fortunately, when Napoleon's men discovered the Rosetta Stone during his Egyptian campaign, the entire ancient world was thrust back into the spotlight. All of a sudden, everything ancient history was in and hip and the sudden archaeological trips to the Middle East began with a flurry. In 1854, one of the most important archaeological finds of its time occurred in the sands of southern Iraq. A British archaeologist named John George Taylor, or sometimes credited as J.E. Taylor, was the first archaeologist to uncover the city of Ur from the desert. He made a number of key findings, including some inscriptions, which helped to prove that these ruins were in fact the once great Mesopotamian city of Ur. But he did not have the funding or equipment necessary to do much more than that. A more detailed excavation of Ur happened during the 1920s. The preliminary excavations were completed by Reginald Campbell Thompson and Henry Hall. But by far the most extensive excavations of Ur were conducted in 1922. The British Museum and the University of Pennsylvania appointed Sir Leonard Woolley to head up the excavation of the city of Ur. It was under his supervision that the remains of the Great Ziggurat were found. What Sir Woolley found was a three-tiered building made of mud bricks. Through extensive testing, it was discovered that the bottom of these three layers was the original bottom of the first and greatest ziggurat of Ur. The second and third levels were from the Neo-Babylonian restoration. 
Despite this, the Great Ziggurat of Ur was still a remarkable find. I have some pictures up on the website, including a sketch that was made right at the time of the discovery of the ziggurat. Wooly made a number of other discoveries at the city of Ur that even surprised him. Discoveries and findings which we won't get into today, but helped to piece together the 5,000 year history of the once great city. Ur would continue to be a site that would attract attention throughout the 19th and 20th centuries. As it turns out, the history of the Great Ziggurat of Ur would not end with its discovery. In the 1980s, Saddam Hussein would begin to restore the Great Ziggurat. He had the facade of the lowest level and the massive staircases restored. Now it's unclear how far Saddam Hussein planned to go with the restoration of the Ziggurat. But his other activities turned out to be damaging to the Ziggurat. During the Gulf War, conflict with American forces got a little too close to the Ziggurat. A skirmish took place pretty much right on top of it, and there are a number of bullet holes in the Great Ziggurat of Ur that are there to this day. The Great Ziggurat of Ur was also damaged and shaken by some explosions which occurred nearby. And this would not be the last damage that the Ziggurat would take as a result of the conflict against Saddam Hussein. During the most recent conflict in the Middle East, after the 9-11 attacks on the United States, the Great Ziggurat of Ur once again found itself in the crosshairs of conflict. In an attempt to protect his airplanes, Saddam Hussein parked a number of them right next to the Great Ziggurat of Ur. The reasoning behind this was that he had hoped that the Americans and the other coalition forces would not bomb his planes for fear that they might just miss and hit this important ancient structure. His assumption was only partially correct. While the American and coalition forces did not bomb the planes, they did bombard them with artillery. Such bombardment, despite the advancements in tracking and pinpoint technology, proved to be harmful to the ziggurat. The ziggurat sustained more damage, but remarkably, the first and bottom layer remains standing to this day. Today, the Great Ziggurat of Ur is not an open tourist site, and that's probably a good thing. However, there is good news for the ziggurat. There are plans to continue restoring it, and it is also right next to a military base. The base's presence hopefully ensures that no further damage will be done to the structure, as well as providing some protection in case it is opened as a tourist attraction. And no matter how long the conflict in the region goes on for, or who the opposing sides are, hopefully both sides will be able to recognize the historical importance of the Great Ziggurat of Ur and leave it and the people there alone. And hopefully one day, when peace is established in the region, further restoration projects will be put into motion to bring back this amazing wonder of the ancient world from the sands and from time to remind us of the grandeur of the ancient world. The Great Ziggurat of Ur, the 15th wonder of the ancient world, is honestly victim of a sad tale. One in which the conflicts of man 
overshadowed the sheer impressiveness and beauty of the ziggurat. No natural disaster or time alone brought down the great ziggurat of Ur. Mankind is purely responsible for its destruction. But for the next wonder on our list, I'm not sure if conflict could ever destroy it. Probably now, with all of our incredibly powerful and, frankly, city-leveling weapons. But up until recently, good luck. Constructed on a mountain on an island in the middle of the Indian Ocean, it's one of the most impressive forts ever built. One which the castle-loving kings of medieval Europe would have looked at and said, I want it, but it is literally impossible to take. <laughs>